What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, men. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. Listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Fina Show, brought to you by Finda Endel and Elmer Eye Care on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. My man, John Fina, sitting alongside me. My name is Joe Miller. So good to have every single one of you. Uh, do me a favor, whatever platform you are consuming this show on, please like, please subscribe on YouTube. It's the thumbs up button. Uh, if you have the opportunity to leave a review, please leave a review, a review. Tell them how much you love John and all of his content and his characteristics and all the funny stuff that he does and how much he picks on me show after show after show. <laughs> John. <laughs> John's rolling his eyes and giving me the smallest violins in the world. John, how are you feeling? The Buffalo Bills have advanced. Man, I'm relieved. Wow. It was uh, what a game. I mean, I was jumping off the chair and then, you know, had had to do my uh, couple of my uh, you know secret maneuvers here and there that I don't tell anybody about. Maneuvers, wow. It, yeah, you know, a little. I, I got my uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, uh, oh come on, that's suspicious. You know what I mean? Um, superstitions. Superstitions. Yeah, things that I do during the game and. Woo! We had a, we had a few people over at dinner. It was uh, it was truly exciting. Uh, it's awesome. I, I mean, how about you? Were you just going crazy? You were there, right? I was not. I did not go. But there was a lot of stuff that happened this weekend to include me being in Nashville early in the week and my flight getting canceled oh, and having right. and having to drive and and then like my truck being trapped at the airport and I couldn't get it like back until Monday. Like there was a whole lot of stuff. And then the storm, like trying to get cleared out. Like my, my street didn't get plowed until like Monday morning. It was the whole, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a show. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up selling the tickets. I was like, this is going to be much easier on my stress level at this point, especially if they lose <laughs> for me just to like bail on this game and take it and do it at home. I am however, very, very excited to go to the chiefs game, uh, the bills chiefs game this weekend. I, I am beyond elated uh, to attend that football game. Bring me, bring me Pat Mahomes. Um, that's kind of where my headspace is at. Bring me Pat Mahomes in Ooh. Buffalo to meet Bills Mafia. Let's go. So that's where I'm at. Let's go. Let's go. So speaking of let's go, let's hear from our show sponsor, Ficta Endel and Elmer Eye Care, uh, right now. Picture this. 
crystal clear vision without the hassle of glasses or contacts. Imagine watching Josh Allen's game-changing touchdowns with absolute clarity. At Ficta Indolin Elmer Eye Care, we can make that a reality. Now, in a matter of seconds, with Zeiss Smile technology, you can see clearly and get back to doing the things you love as soon as the next day. Visit us online at Ficta.com and take our free self-test to see if you're eligible and schedule an evaluation. At Ficta Indolin Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. Go Bills. Go Bills, Jay Spence the King. If you are uh, in need of laser corrective surgery or, or just at least a consultation, the consultations are free. If you're in the Buffalo area, give Ficta Endel and Elmer Eye Care a call. They've been a wonderful sponsor this year, and we're super uh, thankful for them. But with that, uh, take just a second to welcome some folks. So your daughter is in the room. Uh, Mimi Fina is here. Tracy Fichter is here. Josh Vaughn is here. Who else? Matt Bynum. Two weeks in a row, we've had some weird time. It's been a bunch of weird weeks between Christmas and New Year's, last week and this week. Uh, it's just been kind of strange, but uh, welcome to everybody. You're doing yeoman's work, Joe. You're pulling it together, man. You you got this. <laughs> I know doing... you like everything ABC one two three, but you are Good times, man. You're evolving. I you're love not, it. You're not you're not necessarily wrong when it comes to certain things. I don't like to leave things for cha- to chance, especially product like production type stuff, things like this. But sure. let's just jump right into it and let's talk about the good from this football game between the Buffalo Bills and the Steelers. I'm going to let you go first. Where to start? Uh, I mean, there really only were a couple of bad things that just irked me. But, you know, we had really great ball control uh, offensively. Josh did a terrific job in the passing game despite about three errant passes. But, you know, weather permitting, that's going to happen. No turnovers, right, other than the uh, blocked uh, field goal. Uh, So I I couldn't be happier with uh, the offensive output. I thought the plan was terrific. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't really stretch the field. We took what they gave us, and we just continued to manage that and hammered him with with James Cook. Mm -hmm. Defensively, you know, you're going to give a little bit up, right? But when they had to get really stout, they got stout. We put them in a bad position there at the end of the second quarter. Uh, But by and large, the defense really delivered. And, you know, there's an excitement on the front seven that I think is just terrific. You know, I, everything uh, just clicked. You know, I, I expected to win this game. I expected a smart, efficient performance, and I think we got it. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. There, I, I find myself uh, one of the points I would hit as as it pertains to the good, offensively speaking. Uh, with you know, since Joe Brady kind of has come into place, and you know, you you've watched the evolution of Josh Allen and the evolution of this offense through. Uh, I believe it was Rick Dennison and then Brian Dable came in and then 2020 Josh Allen like shot to the moon, uh, you know, a supernova stock market like penny stock shot to the moon. And then it's been kind of a steady down kind of kind of like a fade since then as far as that goes, even through all those po- those times, Ken Dorsey, I found myself at times questioning the play calls like why that call now? Um, as, as time erodes and we get more and more of Joe Brady, especially specifically with the run game, I find myself where I'm not like, why did you run there? Like there seems to be a, like an intentionality behind when they're going to call run plays and when they don't call run plays versus before it was like, what was second and nine or second and 11 and they're doing an inside handoff. It's like, what? What I, I see a lot of that around the league, even this past weekend and Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, <laughs> there were a number of times that I'm like, why are you giving on second and nine? Why are you giving on second and ten? Right, right. That, that to me, in this league, 
it doesn't make any sense to do that. And I don't know, maybe some people just kind of are, are clawed back to 1950s football <laughs> and feel like, you know, you got to run. I'm like, yeah, you do, but that ain't where you do it. No. It just kind of, you know, let's do some play action. But that right. was not it. Yeah, so I I I, I found I, it was just kind of a realization that I had that I I haven't been I haven't been like why now type of a thing. And then James Cook found himself, you know, the run game specifically was I felt successful yesterday. And when it wasn't, they stuck with it. So all inside of that idea that they were running at the right times, if that makes any sense. Um, so I love that. Um, I also loved, even though in the moment it drives me crazy, I thought the defensive game plan was good. You you bulk up to stop the run. You let Mason Rudolph like do what Mason Rudolph is going to do. Even uh, 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 Mike Tomlin talked about it in his post-game press conference. Uh, he said, look, you know, they were set up to stop us from running the football and they did a good job of it. And they took away some of our passes, but they left the intermediate kind of stuff open. So we started hitting that and we found some traction offensively. So he, he said, we adjusted. And it's funny because like they, they were like, okay, what are you going to give us? You're going to give us that. We'll take that. But even with that, the Bills' defense is, like I said, as much as it can be frustrating at times. In the moment, it was it was the right plan, and it worked. Like they did a very good job of just keeping everything in front of them and not allowing closing the door when they needed to as a defense. I thought the defense played well, uh, despite hemorrhaging players, and then I thought the offense was was very good. Uh, specifically, the defense made them work for it. They had yeah. no big plays, no quick drives with a score. Right. You know. They really pounded them and said, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna make you put together long, long drives with Mason Rudolph, who, you know, uh, I think is a good player, but I don't think he was ready for you know this kind of stage, shutting down the run and feeling that pressure on him. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great, great game plan." Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, individualistically, Khalil Shakir continues to impress. I said on my show uh, yesterday. You know, we didn't have Gabe Davis for half of the game last week, and we didn't have him at all for this game. And I I, I know that you're going to miss him blocking, but when it comes to the passing game, I'm not sure that this team is necessarily missing him. And I got to wonder, I'm, I was one of the I was one of the critics of, of Khalil Shakir coming into this year. Why are we just giving him a roster spot when he had 10 receptions last year? Uh, he is proven. Right. I think he's I can't remember how many games in a row it is. He hasn't dropped a ball like he's open when he's got run. He's got yak like in that 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 run that that catch touchdown. Yeah, though he touchdown. broke free, made the make, scored the touchdown. <laughs> Look, I like the kid and I think it's, it's sometimes it's geographical. Right. So I'm out here in the West and I see Boise State play. And I'm watching this kid, and I'm like, that's an NFL football player. That's a guy who's got the ability to stop on a dime, redirect. He's elusive. He's slippery. He's fast as hell. Mm. And if you go back and look at his Boise State highlights, you know, I hear, oh, well, the Bills could have drafted Puka Nakua, right, who I also saw a lot because BYU happens to be right. out here. Right. And I love Puka Nakua. I thought Shakir was great in college. And maybe, just maybe – Khalil Shakir is Puka Nakua, but we're just finding out a little later on. I think they're yep. both special guys, and giving them an opportunity to grow and show what they're made of, especially now. I mean, wow, what a confidence booster, Joe. I mean, that, that, Khalil Shakir is walking around right now. With, I mean, if he's not wearing a North Face jacket, it's a puffy chest, man. He's throwing it out there. He was super humble at the podium last night, too, in his post-game press conference. Given oh, That ain't always rolling through the locker room, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's great on the podium. Terrific. 
Yeah, yeah, super, super good. He's a, he's a good kid, but I'm trying to think, too. Uh, there was a lot that was good about this football game. Most importantly, they advance, right? So survive and advance. So survive and advance is the name of the game, and that's exactly what they did. Anything else from you as far as good? I feel like we got through the good part pretty quick, which isn't a bad thing. We're kind of in the mid- in midday, and there's obviously work still going on, but anything else for you? Well, you know, I, I X'd it out. I thought that the, the role-player guys that filled in for the injuries, you know, Kair Elam had a tug, you know, mm-hmm. big deal comes back. The beauty of that interception wasn't that it was a poorly thrown ball and it would have been incomplete anyway, but the fact that if you go back and look at it and his head spins, mm. the ball is about four feet away, traveling about 60 miles an hour, and he's able to get his hands on it and make that catch. I think that was a huge confidence booster for him. I tracked him for the rest of the game, and he looked solid, mm. and we're going to need him. So between that, A.J. Klein – uh, lots of guys stepping in, stepping up. Cam Lewis coming into the game. It's hard to come off the sideline when it's you know 11 degrees out and get your sea legs like that. Right. And they did a terrific job. We're going to need them. We're going to need them next week. I hope we don't, but I'm not optimistic when it comes to injuries. As a Buffalo Bill, what was the coldest game you played in? Do you remember? Yeah, the playoff game in 1994, hosting the Raiders, arguably the coldest game on record. In the history of the world. Of the world. So, yes. Give us a peek into the mindset. Just take a second just to give us a peek into the mindset of like, obviously, you drive to the stadium or you get to the stadium, you walk outside, you know it's cold, but it's different when you're out there in basically tights, right? Football pants. You're not wearing sweatpants. You're not wearing long johns, I don't think, underneath them. Like Thurman never wore shirts. Oh, I was. Oh, I was. Yeah. (laughs) and, And I never, I never wore sleeves, but for that game, I wore sleeves and I think one or two mock turtlenecks. And before you get geared up, you'd lather up with this super heavy duty oily lotion just to try to keep your skin from cracking open like the Grand Canyon. It's pretty rough. But, you know, the mindset before the game is, oh, God, I could have been an accountant. You know, I mean, (laughs) this place is climate controlled. I got to, you know, I can go to work every day. It's the same temperature, same humidity. And you get that feeling. We didn't even go out onto the field for warm-ups. We just stayed in the locker room and jogged around our lockers and stretched in there. You go out to the field and, you know, your helmet's made of plastic and rubber. And, I mean, it just takes seconds for that thing to turn into a bourbon ice cube. So the first time you put that thing on, man, it almost tears your ears off. (laughs) And then you get this cold pressure on your head. And any warmth that you had generated on your body just to stay warm all of a sudden you get this chill just running down your spine you're like oh my god what in the sam hill is this then the first play happens man you forget all about the cold and it's all adrenaline for six minutes and you know you go in the freaking the steam coming out of the showers looks like the niagara falls It's crazy. <laughs> it's so thick. It's funny because I uh, they I pushed back my clearing of my driveway through the weekend based on what the weather report was saying, which was it's all supposed to move out by X time. So I was like, okay, well, then I'm going to wait until it stops snowing to remove the foot and a half, two feet of snow from my driveway. Well, it didn't stop. It just kept snowing and snowing. I'm going somewhere with all this. Like to the point where I ended up with like three and a half feet of snow. It was over my snowblower. So I'm out there and it took me two and a half, two, two and a half hours to clear my driveway. By the time I was done, in 14, 12-degree weather at night, 
Like I was soaked through like with sweat straight through all the way to my, to like my, my snow gear. So I was going to bring that up too. There's, there's a moment I got to think in the game where your body's warm, your digits might be a little bit like, Oh, my, my hands, like we saw Ed Oliver putting his hands inside of his pants to keep his hands warm. But I guarantee you, he was not cold. He was probably sweating like crazy out there. Right? No, not necessarily sweating, but your internal temperature is up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you just, I think more than anything, you just forget about it. You gotcha. just go play. Gotcha. Until uh, you pull up Pat Mahomes and smash your head uh, with the DB and your helmet cracks. Did you see? Oh that? yeah, they're gonna. I'll tell you what that Vici helmet. Now they're gonna take a good long look at that helmet with the uh, you know some temperature scenarios and stress tested again yeah. because I have never seen anything like that in my life. Yeah, and I think there's a true safety issue with that helmet. Perhaps it's just the weather. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna riddle that out. I think the safety. People at the NFL are going to have a good long look at that. They'll probably talk to those Vici people and say, uh, we can't have this again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean O'Hara, I think, is uh, one of the guys that's on the NFL Network. He said that it happened to him. He ran into uh, Nick Barnett, who actually is a former Buffalo Bill, and he said his, his helmet cracked uh, straight through one time. So it's uh, it's not un- – like, doesn't ever happen, but it's clearly uncommon. Work. So as we transition into the work for this football game, I think the place where my eyes go the quickest is the we had such a great – feeling last week uh for coach smiley and the special teams and then you just kind of turn around and like it's right back kind of in the dumps again special teams this week uh between the blocked field goal uh and then obviously the shank that the duck hook shank out of tyler bass uh i've played golf with tyler bass tyler bass has never hit a golf ball like that let alone kick the so- like or kick the football um there's just an aspect to like what is going on like i'm just not necessarily sure how you even pick it up, like you've got such highs and you've got such lows. It's super, super weird. I do want to touch real quick your thoughts on the punt from the, or I'm sorry, uh, the field goal attempt that was blocked from the 39, 38. A lot of people after the fact were like, the Bills should have punted there. If the Bills had punted there, John, Bills Mafia and the media would have lost their mind. No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have because I think the the factor that you don't consider is they might be trying to keep the ball warm but yeah. once that ball starts getting set out in place, it starts getting cold, it starts getting firm, and you're just not getting the bounce right. off the foot to the ball right. that you normally get. That, in addition to uh, the kicker's foot, like he ain't, I don't see him walking around with an insulated bag on his foot, right? So there's a feel issue to that. And then thirdly, we were we were kind of having our way with the Steeler yes. defense. We were having great success defensively against the Steeler offense. We we've got a twenty one point lead, or five, yeah, it was twenty one at the time. Yep, twenty one nothing. Yep. Put the damn ball. I, I I just don't think that the the environmental circumstances, if mm-hmm. you will, uh, were conducive to making the kick. And and Tyler has struggled a, a few times this year. So yeah. I thought that was poor. As far as him shanking it, you know, that's unlike him. But that is that doesn't go to the special teams coach. That's in Tyler Bass's head. And when you look at his follow through on that, same as you hit a golf ball, you're not, you know, you're not coming through and turning on it. You should be pushing out. Right. And I really got the the feel that he turned on it. And part of that could be, wow, this field is cold. I'm worried about my footing. So instead of driving that plant foot into the ground and pushing through it, you might be setting it and then your body's rotating across it. So I, I, I would have been happy with a punt. 
what what's the downside there? And, I, and you know what? Sean McDermott, the, all of Bill's Mafia could have a collective shit, and he wouldn't care. He's going to call the game the way he ought to, and I think he missed that call. I think the uh, the the what's the worst could, that could happen? So I think the second worst thing that could happen was you line up for a field goal and it gets blocked. The worst thing that could happen is you you roll the punt team out there and the punt gets blocked. That to me is the worst case scenario because then it's like, what are you even doing punting the ball from there? Like you should you should have been kicking a field yeah, but goal, we'll never know. We'll but never we'll know. never know. Now you know. Now we're going down that ridiculous uh, you know kind of that thought process that that lunatic on Twitter, whatever his name is with the bad jacket tie combo says, well, if this or that didn't happen, then the Miami dolphins would have beat the Buffalo bills. And I'm like, what, you know, <laughs> what are you like a time traveler? Can we just deal with the facts and just talk about what happened for the love of God? Super good. What do you got for some, uh, some of the work, some of the bad from this football game? Well, I, you know, I still think that Osiris Torrance is still getting some nuance to the game. Uh, I thought offensive line played pretty well. I think if I were to uh, critique Joe Brady on play calling, I mean, if you want to become my enemy, then with a lead and the first drive of the third quarter, go ahead and call three passes. Go ahead. <laughs> and I'm coming to the sideline. I'm looking for you. We got James Cook. We're running the ball. The Bills only ran two running plays in that entire game. Mm -hmm. And we're running the ball. And we come out in the third quarter when you want to come out fast and put the knife in their neck and you start throwing. I am not down with that. That that is just a true call, play calling, epic fail. And I, I don't pull punches on that. I take that personally. So that's clearly a game plan idea, or that's something that they had probably came come out of the halftime knowing that they were going to do. You think? I, I, who the hell knows? I it mean, didn't work. They obviously be, they punted. They could have used points yeah. and they punted. Well, and to be fair, Dawson Knox could have bailed him out, but he dropped a ball right in his hands. Yep, um, yep, yep. There were a couple of drops in this game. Yes, but I just think that when you've got James Cook running the way he's running right now, um, continue. Now the other part of the running game work that I would look at is. We really hurt them running two plays, okay? We ran the tackle across the formation a mm -hmm. couple times, but everything else was straight Thurman Thomas, weak or strong zone. Mm -hmm. And James Cook took a step, took a breath, found a spot, and accelerated. Guess what? It ain't going to last forever. And when the Steelers started picking up on it and started closing that gap, I said to myself, we have a guy, and I don't think we always have. I don't think Zach Moss was that guy. I don't think Devin Singletary was reliably that guy. We could have put the ball on the edge a little bit more and get the running game out to the sideline, mm -hmm. give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I, we didn't see any of it. Right. Uh, beyond that, the work, God, it, it's really hard to say. I mean, there's always going to be a couple of, you know, bad throws, drops, a couple of missed blocks here and there. Nothing was really egregious defensively. I think what they need to work on now is if we have a completely different cast of characters at linebacker, that the front four are going to have to deliver it, even more than they did last night and more than they have in the past six weeks. Yeah. Because what we're going to have to do is get quick pressure, right, on Patrick Mahomes. And we know he's slippery as hell, but we're going to have to rely on Hyde and Poyer to come downhill to cover that intermediate central area, right? Because that's Kelsey. That's where Kelsey makes his millions. Yeah, for okay? sure. Yeah, we got to stop Isaiah Pacheco, and we have definitely got to got to tie up the middle of the field on those on that curl um, curl route area. Yeah.
Your daughter says, did you guys see that they released Fournette? Yes. For everybody that's uh, watching live right now and and maybe those that don't know tomorrow listening uh, to this podcast in podcast form. So the Buffalo Bills have released Leonard Fournette from the practice squad. The expectation there is they're probably either going to bring in a linebacker or a punter. Uh, you probably would assume they're going to bring in a punter. I, I can't imagine that Sam Martin is going to be able to punt this week, or at least they're going to bring somebody in just in case. But yes, Leonard Fournette has been released. Uh, I don't know who else they could have released as far as that goes. You would think that, I mean, they're they're a little bit rich, I would think, at the running back situ- you know, position with the fact that they've got Leonard Fournette. Uh, however, Ty Johnson. Yeah, Ty Johnson. Yeah, it was a nice luxury having him on the practice squad. But yes, Leonard Fournette has been released from this uh, from this roster. Um, to your point, you know, from a work standpoint, the bad. Um, I don't know that I've gotten necessarily anything else either. I mean, there were some drops, some unfortunate drops. Uh, the game was pretty clean, right? I mean, it's uh, it, it's actually on NFL Network right now. I've been watching it. As I was finishing up work here today. Oh, I could have recorded it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> every thanks game is thanks re- for letting me know. Every game is replayed on NFL Network every week, John. It's just what they do. So that's a, it's one of those things. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought the game was uh was executed very, very well. But as you look forward to, and you just started to look forward a little bit to this Chiefs game, um, the biggest issue the Buffalo Bills are gonna have is 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 not necessarily uh, you know, who's injured, but who's left to play specifically at the linebacker spot. I said on my show yesterday, I said, you know, there's two players on this team that are devastating if they can't play. Number one is Josh Allen, right? So if Josh Allen's injured, it's dev- you might as well, I mean, just start looking. Pack it in, pack it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let me begin. Uh, look for plane tickets now. The other one, believe it or not, because it's been such an interesting story from the beginning of this year till now is Terrell Bernard. Terrell Bernard. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Art is kind of that other guy, and not not only because of who he is on the field, what he's capable of doing, the level that he's playing at, but also because who's left behind him, and who's left behind him is Dorian Williams and AJ Klein. 
especially if Balen Specter is injured. Right. I, I think we get Dodson back. I, I'm I'm optimistic about I'm optimistic about Specter. Yeah. Uh, I I don't have an issue with Dorian Williams. I think he's uh, the energy that he has on the field is is contagious. I think he plays smart. I think he's a really good football player. Of course, I'd like Terrell Bernard back. Uh, I don't know that we'll get him. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you where we need to deliver big, okay? So I continually watch Greg Rousseau, and I'm a fan, but I want to see him develop. I want to see him develop his moves. I've said a million times he needs to be in a three-point stance. He hasn't heard me. My voice doesn't carry that far from Tucson, Arizona, but I'll try again. Hey, Rousseau, get in a three. Get your pads down and, and put a move on the guy. Don't do that stutter step thing and go for the bull rush. It doesn't work, right? But last night he came upfield and came underneath the right tackle, and I don't have the greatest confidence in the Kansas City Chiefs offensive tackles. Mm -hmm. Greg Rousseau needs to come upfield, put his left foot in the ground, and come underneath, and Bill's Mafia is going to help. It's going to yep. be yep. ragingly loud there. And if Epinesa and Lawson and – and Rousseau don't come up with a total of three sacks. I mean, it's going to be a huge disappointment. They have got to get there. They got to get there and they haven't been And it. A worst case scenario. I'll trade two of those sacks for getting pressure on Mahomes, having him step up, step up and Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver will be right there. If not yeah. Dorian Williams or AJ Klein. Looking at this game, the Buffalo Bills have traditionally playing the Chiefs right back to when they came here the first time in the COVID year. Uh, they basically are they're gonna they're gonna try to stop the pass. They're gonna allow like the Chiefs to run against them uh, within reason. The question is is with with the middle of the field being now uh, in question. Yeah, in question. I was gonna say depleted. Exploitable Aaron. as far as that goes. What <laughs> right? do you do? You see it become more of an all-out pressure game because. Pat Mahomes is really good against the blitz. Like, or is it still just a rush for hang back and make them run the ball and be successful that way? So I, I, I like pressure occasionally 35% of the time. How's that? Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily a huge proponent of run pressure on rundowns, mm -hmm. but I think what you're going to need is you're going to, if Kyrie Lee Elam's out there, God, I look at that guy every time. Like he's a monster. I mean, the guy is stout, right? Yeah, yeah. Find find Scantling and find the other receiver and and put some press on him, right? And then bring pressure. But you got you've definitely got to pressure him at the line, help keep him from getting off the line, so our guys can get there. I I do think there's a huge advantage with the crowd, and mm -hmm. I know I know that our fans are going to deliver. Oh yeah, and it could have a much bigger impact in this game than the last. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the Bills play it from a defensive standpoint and who we get back. So just just to kind of update you uh, just from some sources that I had and kind of putting some pieces together with what McDermott has been talking about. Razul Douglas came out and told Tim Graham that he was ready to play in this football game on Monday, uh, but yeah. he was held out by the doctors. And then uh, coach actually said that T-Dot, uh, Terrell Dotson, was actually ready to play. Uh, so I would say that to your point about getting T-Dot back, we should get him back for sure. Razul Douglas should be back. Here's another guy that just got dragged, right? Terrell Dodson cut him. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I just kept saying, wait till the guy gets on the field before you want to cut him, right? Let's have a look at how he plays. He's, well, he's 
terrific the, at diagnosing. He puts himself in the right spot. But going back to what you said earlier, so we get Rasul Douglas back, but Taron Johnson is in concussion protocol. If we don't get him back and we don't get Benford back, that still puts Elam on the field, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the the big the big concern is 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 literally Taron Johnson. Is, is I mean, it's and, and Taron Johnson. I don't know if you saw it. Kind of got injured in a weird. I didn't even realize realize he was gone. Like there was yeah. a moment I was like, uh, where's Taron Johnson been? Uh, and then I went through to kind of find the footage of kind of what happened to him, and it was a little bit strange the way his hands were shaking when he was still trying to run and then just kind of felt it was it was a weird very weird injury uh very much like mitch morris mitch morris last year missed a couple games due to a concussion where it was very blase like nothing really happened he ran off the field normal and then never went back in the football game so a little bit strange but if he is not good to go that's probably the biggest concern outside of linebacker um and then if taylor rap can't go it's you know you, now your cam lewis is in that nickel spot covering travis kelsey and cam all hands on deck big joe all hands on deck yeah cam, and, is, a, cam is a nice guy he's a nice player but that's a tall task not no pun intended but, but to be fair you know guys stepped in last night and there was a little bit of a drop off so what i would say is the next expectation they yeah. need they they know they're having the same conversation we're having mm-hmm. right and so the offense just has to be perfect right you've got to contain chris jones You've got to figure out a way to stop that cat, yeah. right? Yeah. And you 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 neutralize him, and I think you have a very good chance. You got to neutralize that guy. Yeah. And we need to uh, look. You score in the first two drives of the game, like you did last night. You put yourself in a completely different play calling situation on both sides of the ball. True. The offense, I think, is going to have to deliver uh, more than. I would say probably thirty-one points to win this game. Your problem, and we need to control the ball like we did last night. Yeah, that's uh, the scary part. And there's a lot about football that I don't understand. And obviously, you've been a part of it to include. I, I know you can't be constantly changing it up. And I know that there's an aspect of like having a game plan in place. But it seems like so many times when it comes to adjustments and teams adjust and the Bills adjust, even though they're accused of not adjusting, they do, which is a lot of times why the, the, the opposing team will go down the field and like they'll either kick a field goal or score. And then you see the defense tighten up because like, oh, that's what you want to do against us. Well, we're going to stop that. It just it feels like the Bills either find great success early and then there's a huge lull and then they like close out a game or they start out kind of slow and then they find success late, which we've seen literally in the last two weeks. I just don't know. And maybe you do what, what does a team do to just literally keep a defense off balance the whole game and put up 35, 42 points? Like what, what, what does that mean? Where do, how do you get there from here? Yeah, so you talked about game planning a little bit, making adjustments. You know, you game plan two things, right? You game plan people as best as you can. Chris Jones, that's one of them. And then you game plan against traditional defensive strategy or offensive strategy. Right. And then within the first, you know, two drives of the game, you better have a pretty good idea of the adjustments that they had to make because they think you're going to do X, Mm. right? So, look, I've been saying for weeks – yeah, Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox in the middle of the field are absolute weapons. If Josh gets out of the pocket, it's Diggs every time who figures out a way to get open. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the resilience and the amplification of, of the excitement that these guys feel for this game that they just have to continue to dig. And that means I have got to get a little bit more separation for Josh, right? Yep. Or I have got to play a little tighter coverage on Marquis Scantling right right now. I've got to be able to find my feet and break when he breaks. Yeah. So, you know, the, 
I, I thought it was hilarious my rookie year when we get through the regular season and all these old veterans were saying, man, you think the game is fast now? Forget it. The playoffs are a whole different animal. And I was my head has been spinning for weeks. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? How could it get any more crazy than this? And sure as hell, man, I couldn't believe it. Everything amped up to 11. It was It was wild. So everybody raises the level of their game. And if you can get 27 guys to elevate their game to their 20, then you win, right? Yeah, figure yeah. 11 starters plus a few special teams guys, about 27 regulars. Everybody's got to amp up. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, looking forward to this football game. I wish you were coming into town. I wish you were uh, going to be in for this one. I wish you were going to be in. For well, you know, I, I still haven't made the list for uh, Legend of the Game. So, you know, put a good word in for me, Joe. I don't know. You know, I love people. You know, I, I interact. And <laughs> I guess they're just, you know, it, it, it's all into it. It's all true. Any final comments before I get us out of here? Yeah. Um, Look, if, if we can overcome injuries, we can beat this team. We beat them in Kansas City consistently. Mm -hmm. There is no difference now except that we get our fans. And, I, I mean, I can hear it through my television mm -hmm. when the Bills Mafia is up and screaming, and I'm in my living room, and I'm like, I, I feel like I got my helmet and shoulder pads back on, and it's those days I'm on the sideline, and we can't even meet on offense because it's so damn loud. Right, right. So bring it, Bills Mafia. Rock that stadium down to the ground. You're going to tear it down anyway or abandon it. You might as well give it some sound effect shutters and Shake you know, challenge its structural integrity. So do you ever uh, stand in your living room with your helmet on during a Bills game? Do you ever put your helmet on just to, be, just to put your helmet on? No, I put it on last night, though. <laughs> That's awesome. One last so we had, we had some. We had some friends over, and their son didn't know that I played for the Bills. And oh, wow. So I gave, I gave him an autograph, and uh, I went and got my helmet and showed him my helmet. So I put it on, and, of course, you know, I was sitting at the table, and it was my helmet on trying to drink my beer. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about the only play I have left. Where my helmet? I'm like, give me a straw. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you probably need a straw. And then lastly, uh, just from a, an attire standpoint, is that a is that a is that a vintage shirt you're wearing or is that a distressed a new shirt that's been distressed? No, that's the one of the 47 shirts, man. I, this that's brand great. is is awesome. Yeah, I it's mean, I love shirt. this brand. It's a great shirt, so it's fantastic. Yeah. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina show brought to you by Ficta, Endel and Elmer Eye Care on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. My name is Joe Miller. That over there is John Fina, and it has been great to hang out with you for a couple of minutes here on the show. We appreciate your guys' time. We appreciate you being here with us. For me, for John, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. 
and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.